Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Elon Musk, he promised a data dump on Hunter Biden's laptop and he's delivered. And the left is apoplectic. Democrats are afraid of free speech. Because when people know the truth, the real truth, Democrats don't fare so well. So Musk released all this information about Twitter's suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which was broken right before the 2020 presidential election in October of 2020 by the New York Post, Twitter, and all the media just covered it up. They sat on it. They knew about it. They knew it was on the laptop. It showed Joe Biden covering up his family's sale of access to the White House, to the likes of the Chinese Communist Party, companies within China, Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs. They knew about it. They covered it up. So Musk said, here's what happened. He just basically showed what Twitter was up to. And, you know, he fired a bunch of Twitter employees because most of them are Democrats anyway. They were. They belong to one party, have one party affiliation. And they cover up stories and information they don't like. And it's not just Twitter. It's Facebook. I've been put on restricted a couple of times on Facebook, putting up information that, you know, the fact checkers weren't sure of. In other words, if they hadn't heard about it, uh, they, they question it. The Twitter dump by uh, Musk shows that the Biden White House had a direct line to Twitter to remove information it didn't like. This Matt Tahibi posted a, cre- a screenshot of a message between Twitter employees showing that by 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. This happened all the time. One executive wrote to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply came back, handled. And that's, that's, how they, that's how they do it. And they got the message here. I'm looking at a piece here from WorldNet Daily. And you can, you can go on there and check it out. It gets into the, the Tahibi's ongoing threads with Twitter employees and, and whatnot. And it's just, it's just unbelievable. I shouldn't say it's unbelievable. It is very believable. Earlier this week, Musk's measures to protect free speech on Twitter, including the elimination of its COVID misinformation policy, were met with a promise by the White House to keep a close eye on the social media platform. But during the pandemic, many censored or suppressed tweets labeled misinformation expressed viewpoints that are now acknowledged to be true or legitimate arguments, such as the ineffectiveness of masks, the lockdowns, the vaccines, and this theory that SARS-CoV-2 originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. That was considered misinformation. Now it's considered to be, by all accounts, a possibility. So good for Elon Musk. He, you know, he champions free speech. I don't know his political affiliation. I think he's probably an independent, but he's not a liberal Democrat, so he's hated. In the Democrats, I've checked out a couple of their websites. I get a couple of things on Facebook from Democrats for whatever reason. They say suggested for you, and, and, I, and I light them up too. And they're all, oh, they're just apoplectic about what Elon Musk's, uh, Musk is doing. He's doing what needs to be done. If you don't like it, if you don't like Twitter and what Elon Musk is doing, then leave. It's his platform. It's his platform. The government has promised to monitor it because the government, who's going to monitor the government? That's who needs monitoring. But as I put on Facebook, not that it matters because I don't know if anybody's going to see it. If you don't like what he's putting on, on his platform, leave his platform. Maybe start a platform of your own. Take, Take risks with your own capital like he did. If you don't like it, we can do that in this country. It's still it's still a, a free country, and it's going to stay that way. All right. Speaking of fact checking in in uh, social media, I read where Google 
they got this fetish with fact fact checking. They're, they're you know they do the fact checking. Who's going to fact check the fact checkers? As I as I pointed out before, but they're pouring millions of dollars into this new fact checking enterprise, so called. They can't handle the truth. This a famous line from that uh, that Jack Nicholson movie. This week, Google and YouTube announced a partnership, certainly, to supply $13.2 million in grants to the Pointner Institute's International Fact-Checking Network, or IFCN. Pointner, the Pointner Institute, and incidentally, is the company that founded PolitiFact, which fancies itself as a nonprofit fact-checking arbiter of truth. They get to decide what's true and what isn't true. You see how this goes. But I'm looking at a piece, I forget where I got this. When you, when you look at the guest list for PolitiFact's virtual event last year to see how not objective this organization really is, attendees included uh, so-called journalists from CNN and MSNBC. Dr. Fauci was there, Virginia Democrat, uh, Mark Warner, Democratic senator. And this gathering was touted as a celebration of fact-checking. <laughs> I bet it was. But this is what's going on in social media. They squash information they don't like. That's, that's what it boils down to. The new Twitter owner said this is a battle for the future of civilization. That's how serious it is. If free speech is lost even in America, especially in America, tyranny is all that lies ahead. That's what Musk tweeted this week. And he's dead spot on. He's warning the public, wake up, wake up. This is going on all around us. And I'm going to branch out here. I was watching uh, something on uh, on Facebook. I think it was one of these, what do they call them? These short little 30, 40 second blurbs, reels. Uh, Dennis Prager, whom I love. I think Dennis Prager is one of the great uh, thinkers we have in America today. He said, you know, there's always this discussion. Are we too, are some people too religious? You never hear, are some people too secular? You never hear that, do you? Anybody who says a man can have a baby is too secular. But the secularists control our dominant culture. They control the educational establishment. They control the media. They control Hollywood. But nobody ever asks, have you ever heard anybody ask is, are are we too secular? The answer is yes, we are, obviously, as a nation. On to, uh, this ought to get me restricted, on to COVID. I'm going to read you the the information I have here from WorldNet Daily, a piece by Art Moore. With only 14% of adults, that's one in seven, basically, choosing to get the new Bivalent, I think it's bivalent. It's a the new shot, the Om- Omicron-specific COVID shot. The White House is launching a campaign urging people to get a COVID booster once a year. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not going to get the booster. Free people in a free country should be able to make that decision for themselves, and I'm going to make that decision for myself and my family. So anyway, there's this big campaign. The White House, are, they're pushing this. A tweet Monday from... Vice President Kamala Harris, who doesn't have the brain she was born with, basically said, quote, one shot once a year. That's all most people will need to stay protected from COVID year long. Make a plan to get your shot. And then they give the address. Uh, There's a big push by Big Brother. I'm going to say, no, we're not going to do it. I don't think so. I choose not to do it. My body, my choice. So the next day, Biden's Secretary of Health and Human Services, Xavier Becerra, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, Bexera or Becerra, maybe the C is silent. Anyway, he he tweeted that if it's been over two months since your last dose, make a plan to get one now. What kind of vaccine? They're touting this as a vaccine. How many, how many uh, 
polio vaccine shots have you gotten? One. A vaccine is you, you get something once. You don't get it every two months. It's not a vaccine. It's a shot. So a tweet from the CDC said the same thing. Did you know that you should get an updated bivalent or bivalent COVID-19 booster at least two months after completing your primary series or last booster? Don't delay. Find a vaccination location today, and they give you the address. Name One doctor in California had the guts, had the temerity to, to challenge the, uh, the wisdom or lack of wisdom of the government. This guy, I can't pronounce his last name. It's uh, Dr. Aaron Kaharity, California physician, who has challenged COVID vaccine mandates in court. Typical. Name another vaccine that lasts only two months, is what he wrote. He was fired, by the way, by the University of California for refusing to take the COVID vaccine. Good for him. One week ago, the Washington Post reported a majority of Americans dying from the coronavirus received at least the primary series of the vaccine. So here's my question. you got to use logic. The CDC admitted that taking the vaccine and the boosters do not prevent you from transmitting the virus. So if they don't, if they fail to, to uh, keep you from transmitting the virus, why would you get the vaccine if you can catch it? And it, it doesn't prevent you from catching the virus or from transmitting it. Then why get the shots? It makes no sense at all. I, people are just are, are ridiculous. And uh, the fact that free speech frightens Democrats and liberals so much is just, it's unbelievable. It's telling. They don't want you to know the truth. You know, there's a new survey out. I saw this this week, and I was working, and I came upon this. And I'm thinking, this this is absolutely true. New survey that shows a significant number of Republicans and independents moving to states that more align with their beliefs and values. Well, why wouldn't you? That's my plan when I retire in a, a year or two from the state or whenever I retire. I mean, it's not just about COVID and about the mandates and the taxes, especially taxes, regulations, and all this 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 uh, oppressive government we have in blue states. I live in upstate New York. It is it's a communist state, basically. The people in in my neck of the woods who live up here, I can see the rural uh, part of upstate New York where I live becoming more and more blue. More and more liberals are moving into town. How do I know that? I see more and more and more Subarus. Uh, on the on the roads, so I know more and more liberals are moving into our town. But it's well documented. There has been a significant number of citizens, an exodus of citizens from blue states, since the start of COVID. But this data reveals that it is Republicans and independents who are voting with their feet, and they're moving to states more aligned with their with their values. Why wouldn't you? And this, unfortunately, it's only only going to accelerate as we. As we move forward, America is in the midst, as one writer put it, of a great decoupling as our nation becomes less of a United States and there's more focus placed on regional and state policies and values. It's what we saw during the founding of this nation. There were regions. Every state was its own little nation, the 13 original colonies. And we're kind of returning to that. The survey reveals 4.1% of independents say they've moved in the last three years to a region that aligns more closely with their personal beliefs. 4.4% of Republicans have done the same. And only 1.1% of Democrats say they've moved in the last three years to a region that more aligns closely with their personal beliefs, according to the survey. We don't want them moving. <laughs> we don't want Democrats are ruining every state they come to. 
Look at Massachusetts. The Massachusetts liberals are moving out to New Hampshire and to Maine and some of these surrounding northeastern states, and they're ruining the states. They're becoming more blue, at least more purple. It's like, they're like a cancer that metastasizes. That's liberalism. It's a cancer on a region or on a country. And that's what we see happening. These Democrats, they ruin a state, then they get, as you see it in New York City, that people are moving from New York City to other regions of the state. They're moving upstate and they ruin anywhere they come to, they ruin. Anyway, I continue with the survey. 9.6% of independents say they are planning on moving in the next year to a region that more aligns closely with their personal beliefs. 10.4% of Republicans say they are planning on moving in the next year to a region that, you know, more closely resembles the way they feel about issues, religious beliefs, educational values, et cetera, et cetera. Only 2.1% of Democrats say they're planning on moving because they're the reason, pe- they're the reason that people are moving away from uh, wherever they're in these blue states. Democrats ruin everywhere they come to, they wreck. They try to make every region, they're trying to make our little region here in Cambridge, they want to make Cambridge Village look like Greenwich Village. And you have to fight them and you have to defeat them. You can't work with them, unfortunately. I like to get along with people, but you can't get along with these people. The bottom line, red staters, such as myself, we want to reduce the footprint of government from our lives. From the from the uh, federal government monitoring our online speech to New York State Department of Education bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats, telling small school districts that they have to ban the use of their Indian mascots. That's that's too much government. That's what we're fleeing, that attitude, those policies. I can't believe we're about out of time. We, we've, we've done it. Before we leave, let me just uh, remind you, if you like this program, please, by all means, hit like. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe, and, you know, that way there you're, you're notified of any new shows. And hit share. Tell your friends about the show. It's called Pac-Man. I'm Ted Flint. I've been in broadcasting now uh, going on 40 years. I, I, I know what I'm doing, I think. And uh, so, again, like, subscribe, and share. Tell your friends about it. And check out all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. We have this show, which airs Wednesdays and on weekends, like this show. Uh, this is a, a show that uh, I was, you know, sitting around Saturday morning having coffee, thinking, geez, what can I do today? It's raining. So I went down did a little 15-minute podcast. You check out this program, my daughter Madeline with The Essentials. With Maddie Flint and uh, Adrian Ross has a show. We have a couple of new shows up there, too. So check it out, the BMGnetwork.com. And that's about going to do it to it. Before I go, let me uh, just remind you, there's a big uh, Senate runoff in uh, Georgia on Tuesday. Raphael the Snake Warnock and Herschel Walker, the Republican. Who's down there helping Herschel Walker? I guess Ted Cruz has been with him on a couple of uh, radio and TV interviews. But, I mean, I don't see anybody in the Republican Party. Trump, I guess, is staying away for whatever reason. Maybe he's been told to stay away. But Obama's down there stumping for Warnock. And this guy's a snake. He claim, claims to be a man of God. He's anything but Warnock. He is no good. And polls have it tight, as you would expect. It, that's why they have a runoff. I guess Warnock allegedly won or is leading by like a half a percentage point on election night. So... That's Tuesday. We'll report on that for you uh, for the Wednesday show. We'll be back then. The good Lord willing, thanks for tuning us in, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. 
And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flitch.